Well, hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Brand Builder Show. Today, we're going to be talking all things supply chain, financing, whether you should sell your business or try and scale your business. We've got so much to talk through today, and I'm glad to have Dana on the show with me from 8Fig. Dana, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much. It's actually Donna. We should have gone oh, over that. <laughs> oh, we should have gone over no that. Worries. Sorry, that's poor podcast no prep. I... Uh, you know, you live and you learn. <laughs> no worries. Uh, there's really no way to mispronounce your name, so I can't get you back, unfortunately. You could, you could call me Bean or Bon or I don't know. There's Bean it is. Yeah. Bean it when is. I, I went to New Zealand a few years ago and I'm called Bin there. So, um, Bin. you know, that's, I, you know, that's pretty bad, you know, like a trash can. So we call it's a trash a... can Bin in the UK. It's unique. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no, yeah, there's no sort of offensive connotation to Dana. It's just not money. No. Sorry, Dana. <laughs> Great to have Dana on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Cut. Great to have Dana on the show. Uh, thanks so much for joining us and looking forward to diving into this. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us a little bit about 8Fig and, uh, and then we'll dive into, into the questions today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, so I'm Donna. I'm 8Fig's VP of product. And 8Fig is a holistic solution for e-commerce sellers to grow their stores, um, whether that's on Amazon, Shopify, eBay, uh, Walmart, et cetera, et cetera. And we help sellers grow their stores in a number of ways, uh, one of which is funding, of course, providing capital in order to um, execute any stage of a seller supply chain. And then other ways include helping out with custom tools for planning supply chain, for managing its execution, uh, coming soon also booking various parts of its execution, and then analytics. Nice. And how long has 8Fig been around? A uh, little over two years. And uh, it's been such a wild ride so, uh, so yeah. far. We're so fortunate to have amazing sellers by our side for... Uh, a better part of those two years, but also new sellers coming in all the time. Jeez, yeah, we, you were saying about all the stuff you're doing. I'm thinking you're going to say 10 years, 15 years, <laughs> two years. That's some rapid growth. And you know what? It's It's been two years plus, and it's felt like, I don't know, six months? Because mm. it's just go, go, go. Mm. It's nonstop. Yeah. Yeah, and we were connected because one of our uh, Brand Builder University members has actually used your services growing rapidly uh, with their business and um, you know has used your services to keep growing quickly. And, yeah. uh, and so it's amazing that you guys are, it feels like you are really championing the sellers uh, and you are resourcing them to keep growing, keep winning. So uh, it must be an exciting role you get to play to see all, this, uh, see all these victories happening. Absolutely. Um, so we're fortunate enough to have really a front row seat to all of these sellers' growth. But it's mm. exactly what you said. You're, um, we're we're aiming to really champion these sellers and look at their benefit in mm. every single new feature that we roll out, in every experience, in every tool that we develop, mm -hmm. um, so that you know, first and foremost, they're experiencing the growth that they're capable of, that the demand out there dictates, and mm -hmm. then that they can conquer more and more as they go by making every single process in their business more efficient. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit about, um, right before we, uh, we hit play, we hit record, we were talking about uh, the quintessential seller profile of um, this just perpetual hustler, this person mm -hmm. who's the immaculate generalist, 
knows absolutely everything about everything um, and can handle anything that you throw at them. So that's what's really amazing about these sellers. A lot of times they have absolutely everything that it takes in order to grow. They just lack capital. And sometimes they lack a little bit of focus, you know, prioritize for me. What should I tackle first? And that's where 8Fig comes in. Yeah, that's so good. So good. So you must, uh, you know, you definitely have a unique insight into the journey of sellers really scaling their business. And that's what we want to dig into today. We've got real uh, sort of three core sections that we want to go through in, in this interview today. And the first one is is about supply chain. As you mentioned, you know, you guys would be really getting into the into the weeds with sellers, kind of pulling up your sleeves and helping them optimize supply chain. And, and that's what I love about your proposition is it's not just, hey, here's a whole bunch of money, go spend it is how do you use this to optimize the the supply chain journey and, and many other aspects of course but specifically on supply chain talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing with your most successful clients what are they doing right now in the continued crazy times that we're living in to really optimize that supply chain and uh, and actually uh, enable that fast growth yeah you hit the nail on the head with uh, continuing unprecedented supply mm. chain chaos, right? And mm. it's not like in, you know, back in 2020, 2019, supply chains were these like stable, reliable uh, machines. You know, we were yeah. always seeing a lot of uh, a lot of shifts in those and a lot of delays and things like that, but really nothing like we saw happen uh, more or less from Q2 2021 and onward, and we're still seeing now. So to your question, what we're seeing some of our sellers do that's very, very effective is first and foremost, having a plan. Mm. And that seems so trivial, but a lot of sellers, and you'd be surprised, even at the you know early seven-figure stage, they can see maybe in their planning horizon up to the next order, maybe the next two orders, but really beyond that, you know, they like to play it by ear. They like to sort of um, wait and see so to speak, for fluctuations in demand, for fluctuations in competition, various things that, that we see impact um, the, the need to, to be well-stocked. However, having that plan, having a greater horizon, let's say six months, uh, one year of supply chain planning, is so, so central to actually being able to make big moves and achieve big goals. Because when you're looking ahead, let's say one year of supply chain planning, that's four quarters, right? Each mm -hmm. one of them has its unique characteristics in terms of demand, in terms of events, in terms of promotions. And so you have the majority of the data that you need to rely on based on just historical performance, right? So you know more or less how much you're going to need to order, and you also know more or less how much you've grown to date. Beyond that, you can make simple projections. I'm not gonna, I'm not saying that they're going to be accurate, okay? They're they're definitely going to be questionable, but you can make some predictions as to what you're going to need in, you know, now in Q2 2023. And absolutely, you know, a couple months ago, you could have made those projections for Q4 2022. Um, so having that plan, ensuring that you're uh, first and foremost, securing the capital for it, mm -hmm. and then leaving yourself uh, some sort of margin to then be flexible and be able to pivot, which is also something that 8Fig allows. <laughs> Just shameless plug there. That's Flexibility good. is kind of a big part of what we do. Yep. Um, that is really the number one distinguisher that we see. Yeah. That's good. And Very it good. doesn't, and that's true for really any stage that you're in as a seller, whether you're 
you just hit six figures really tr starting to take this seriously versus you're on the verge of eight figures and this is this is now a machine yeah definitely and it's a good kind of segue into the the second question or, or sort of section when it comes to funding which is obviously mm -hmm. a big topic of, uh, of discussion and, and, and maybe the, the the meatiest of the topics because of your sort of speciality in that subject yeah, when it comes to that flexible financing uh, what are the options that sellers do have whether that's with eight fig uh, you know or just generally what what are the options the most yeah. common options that a seller that's growing and says you know man the cash flow is a challenge here as we know with physical product businesses i need some help to help this to keep growing um what are the main options that a seller would have yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting um, when talking about our funding solution, how many different ways there are to describe it. And that's uh, that's honestly a challenge for our marketing team <laughs> more than anything, um, because how are we going to frame this thing that's so multi-layered, that's so beneficial in so many ways in just some quick, punchy, I get this immediately type of messaging. And the way that eight fig funding works, which is fundamentally different than really any capital solution out there, especially when you're talking just about e-commerce, is that we completely separate the two main streams of capital. One is crediting the seller um, for you know whatever they need to use the capital for, and the other one is remitting back those funds, right? Those two operate completely independently of each other, and here's okay. what I mean. So sellers, let's say, they plan their supply chain, and they uh, we, we refer to them in our system as lines. Each order is a line, so order, batch, line, those are, I'm always talking about the same thing. And the seller plans, all right, here's the, the units that I'm going to purchase, um, and here is when I'm going to pay everyone along, along my supply chain, my manufacturer, and my freight forwarder, and my uh, 3PL and my marketing and then any other expenses some sellers do. Um, and then um, 8FIG uh, runs that through our own risk analysis model. We decide, okay, can we fund this? Um, sometimes we recommend to the seller, hey, by the way, you could probably sell 50% more units than this or 20% less, whatever it, it happens to be. But then that's your funding. You're secure for however many lines or orders or batches uh, are coming in, into the future. Typically, we see a plan for about one year. Okay. On the other hand, we do what's called cash flow friendly remittances. So those remittances are planned, not uh, like pretty much every other solution does, which is, okay, we gave you money today, you're going to start repaying us tomorrow, yes? This is very ineffective for most businesses, but especially for e-commerce businesses, which see a huge gap in time between having to pay for goods, having to pay for cogs in general, and seeing revenue from those cogs, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking months, okay? Three, five months between paying and actually seeing revenue. So eight-fig remittances are actually scheduled to align with a predicted sales pace for each batch, okay? So you're seeing that delay, of course, built in, but also you're seeing our prediction for however much the seller sells. Now, like I said, everything is dynamic, everything is flexible, so let's say, moment of truth, you start selling, and you're actually selling, I don't know, 50% less, like something pretty significant than what uh, 8FIG had predicted, you had predicted. You can just log in, submit a request to uh, slow down the remittances. That takes, on average, about one business day turnaround and then your remittances are changed. There's 
typically in like 99% of cases, no impact to the cost of capital, Mm -hmm. which means it's just very much geared towards the seller's um, the seller's business's well-being and longevity yeah. and actual sustained growth. Yeah. Okay. And can sellers just only do one line at a time? No. In fact, um, our sellers do um, typically. Uh, well, it depends on whether they're Amazon, Shopify, or other platforms. But mm-hmm. um, on Shopify, we see more lines simultaneously, just because their stores tend to have more products. So you're mm-hmm. never just operating one supply chain order, right? You're always uh, mixing and matching. But uh, yeah, the number uh, the number tends to be higher on Shopify. And then mm-hmm. all of that condenses into one single uh, cash flow friendly remittance plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's all subject to the same flexibility. So if you need to report a delay, if you need to report a slowdown in sales, if you need to report... Um, you know, let's take a, another example taken from real life. Hey, my freight shot up 50%. That's all just a couple of clicks. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I know obviously you would sort of customize a lot of this and might not be too many standardized things, but if you could say like a, you know, a normal cost of borrowing, would there be a figure that you could put on it? If someone borrows, say, 100 yeah. k uh, yeah, so on 100k, they could expect to um, to remit back to 8fig a cost of capital of six thousand to ten thousand dollars. That's cheap. It is cost effective, yes. Mm. Oh yeah, you probably don't want to say cheap. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, not in a not in a bad way. I mean, as in cost effective, know. cash flow friendly. I've got marketing, mm. you know, looking looking <laughs> behind my shoulder. <laughs> No, good value for the seller is what I'm saying. You know, I think. Um, Absolutely. And the value, um, like I mentioned, I touched on a little bit earlier is, is really all encompassing. So it's mm. not just about getting your capital in order. It's a huge part of it. Huge, huge part of growth is securing that capital and ensuring that it's cash flow friendly so that you're not, like I said, um, you know, receiving funds in order to grow your business and then turning around and the next day you've got to start remitting those funds or repaying those funds that's not uh that's not going to help you grow that's just going to add another source of stress for these sellers who are already doing so much so with 8fig that part is you know is sort of handled let's say so you've got the cash flow friendly remittance plan you've got um the peace of mind of knowing that you're booked um about a year in advance again, on average. Mm-hmm. Um, so that acts as sort of a CFO for your company that you can sort of, okay, I got this, 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 this is taken care of, and I've got the flexibility to pivot or refinance anytime I need. And mm-hmm. now I can focus on the other facets of my business, like the planning, like the analytics, mm-hmm. like monitoring the marketing campaigns really effectively, yeah. Yeah. Um, selecting new products, um, engaging in launches, new platforms, just you name it. That to-do list yeah. is never ending. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. No. Okay. Uh, and then for uh, a seller to be able to use services like yourselves, where do they need to be at? What's a, what's a good time to be looking at this? So uh, we've got, um, in terms of just our uh, top line criteria, we work with six figure sellers and above, but it could also be a run rate of six figures. So if you can demonstrate $8,000 a month in the last three months, we're happy to work with you and get you to that next level. Mm-hmm. Um, just based on on our uh, risk modeling, that's really a place where sellers are at a very, very good jumping off point in order to streamline some things and get get some really meaningful growth. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, in terms of when a seller, you know, more from a, a state of mind perspective is ready to take on financing, that's more subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, as soon as you start taking this business uh, more seriously and you start to consider things like um, hiring people and uh, getting mm-hmm. more, uh, more orders and uh, enlisting more and more products, there is probably, I can almost guarantee, there is some uncapitalized, um, un- untapped potential yeah. in that demand that, uh, that you can seize usually with some working capital. Definitely. And then in terms of the amount that someone could borrow, if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, well, I'm doing 10, 15 grand a month, I might like to borrow 200 grand to you know, buy a whole load of inventory. That's probably not going to be possible. <laughs> Again, are there some parameters that you work within for that? Um, yeah, those parameters are uh, more you know, within the, the risk team, but I can say it's a very, very wide gamut. So we will typically fund more than anyone else for growth. We're just, we're risk takers like that. But we'll also, um, if I'm just looking at, you know, the, the plans that we've got being activated on a daily basis, probably the smallest one is going to be around $30,000. And then the largest ones I've seen 19, $20 million. So it just really depends. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? They're killing it. Yeah. Both yeah. of them, <laughs> both the, the 31, the 30,000 and the, the 19 million are killing yeah. it. So it's just about, um, how much you want to grow. And then again, remember it's all flexible. So we have an unofficial internal thing that we say over at eight big, um, to sellers is, um, how much could you sell if money were no object? Mm-hmm. And then based on that, make your plan. Mm-hmm. Because nine times out of ten, we'll go along for the ride with you. Yeah, that's awesome. We want to like see that. how high is high. Yeah, I love that. It's, there's an entrepreneurial mentality within that, which is, you know, Absolutely. sometimes rare in financing organizations. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good. There's, um, in terms of the, you know, the ability to then take that money and do something with it, um, it, it, a lot of people will often think, well, oh, I don't want to take on debt. I'm worried about that. What do you say to the nervous seller that's unsure about whether taking on financing is the right option for them? Yeah, I definitely understand hesitations around debt in general, um, not just from a business perspective, but also from a personal perspective. You know, we're always kind of worried about, am I ready for that next step? Um, but really you have to look at what you're depriving potentially of your business by not taking on, uh, that debt. And unfortunately, sometimes we also see sellers decide to even sell their business, um, instead of taking on debt in order for it to continue to grow, which is just handing someone else, you know, all that future revenue on a silver platter, right? Which that's your baby, you know, you know it, um, better than anyone. Mm. So you know, I would say that what 8FIG has brought to the table is a very effective way to obtain financing, not just from a, a cost-effective uh, perspective, but also that flexibility. So you make a plan, which I understand is nerve-wracking, but you know that you can pivot that plan as you need. You're always going through with, um, you know, with either a single order or a number of orders, and then whatever the future may bring, if there's a slowdown or if there's an acceleration, which we see just as often, 
you're still going to be able to pivot and, uh, and adjust your funding up or down and adjust your remittances up or down. Yeah. No, that's really helpful advice, and it's a great segue. Uh, you're a, you're a pro at this uh, into into sell or scale, right? You you mentioned there about the yeah. sellers feeling that pressure that they need to sell. I think obviously the last eighteen months has been has it involved a lot of pressure because there's this aggregator boom and everybody feels like they've got to sell while it's hot and evidently that has cooled down you know and so uh some sellers maybe don't have as much of an option to sell as they once did have but you know from the sounds of it you're pretty uh pro keeping the business scaling up whereas it feels like the last couple of years yeah the e-commerce especially amazon fba kind of space everyone has just been obsessing over this idea of selling your business um guilty as charged we've talked about it a lot but it's been the talk of the town but maybe you're coming out from a different angle uh, yeah talk to me a bit about your your thoughts on that yeah i think it's a great question because i've also noticed that um that undeniable gravitation towards all right when am I going to sell my business how much am I going to sell it for and no one asking should I sell my business right at a certain point just people stopped asking that Mm. and I was very very curious about it because from from our from our viewpoint right we've got these tremendously successful stores right yeah um, tremendously profitable stores if you if you drill down to the unit economics those those margins are, are phenomenal um yeah, kind of hard to uh, to run from an operational perspective. Supply chains are not, you know, the friendliest, most reliable, predictable thing in the world. But just in general, why would you sell? And also, why would you sell for the valuations that we've traditionally seen in the the aggregator space? Mm-hmm. So what I did um, is I spoke to a lot of sellers about it, like a lot, <laughs> and I was trying to really understand. Um, what that was about, because what we were also seeing was a very curious phenomena of sellers selling and then waiting a couple months and then, you know, getting right back on on the train, on the e-com train, starting another store. So um, I learned a lot of really, really interesting things like the need to uh, de-riskify, you know, take mm-hmm. out personal risk from it, yeah. the need to even from a psychological, um, from a psych- psychological point, um, prove to your loved ones that you know this is this is a legit business and, and look at it, look what it's brought us. And I completely understand that. So by no means am I saying that it's the wrong decision. It's it can be a phenomenal decision. It really depends on the individual seller. But I would challenge anyone who's considering it to take a look at the reasons why they're doing it. Is it a working capital problem? There are solutions for that. Is it an operational problem? There are solutions for that, you know? Mm. So look at what your motivator is for getting your business sold. Um, look at the valuation and then look at your upside and then try to, try to make, those, uh, make those connections and, and draw those conclusions for yourself. And if you can, continue to scale your own business and reap the fruits of your own labor. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to be better. Yeah, for sure. The mention about de-riskifying, uh, taking risk, uh, taking some some money off the table—is yeah. it? Would you say it's generally advisable, not advisable to to use a service like yours? Say someone's got a business doing, you know, two three million a year, and, and rather than selling it for say you know two million or something like that, they think, well, I could take five hundred thousand in financing, 
um, and take X amount of money out of the business uh, and keep that personally and use some of that to finance the growth of the business, but also take some of it out to take risk off the table. Is that is that bad practice? Is that advisable? So that's a pretty, I think, unique use case of using funding in order to de-riskify. And I do want to clarify also that we have many, many sellers who've chosen to um, who've chosen to sell their stores after usually a, a sustained phenomenal period of growth with mm-hmm. Eightfig for usually personal reasons, honestly. I want to spend more yeah. time with my family. I want to yeah. you know, reap these rewards, et cetera. Uh, and that's, again, perfectly fine. We're super happy for them. And honestly, in probably more than 50% of cases, whoever bought out the company continued to use Eightfig as their source of capital because of the various mm-hmm. um, advantages. But when it comes to uh, de-riskifying, it's such a personal decision that I don't feel, I don't feel qualified to, to tell any individual seller whether or not it's the right decision. I can say yeah, sure. if you need more money for inventory and that's keeping you up at night, then fret not, there's fig. If yeah, you need yeah. uh, cost-effective capital um, that's also flexible so that you know that you can adjust it up or down and that's keeping you up at night, then there's fig. Yeah, that's good. Do most sellers uh, just use the the services temporarily, say for like uh, Q4 financing, and then um, you know leave it for the rest of the year, or do you find that most sellers, once they start, they kind of get into a, a routine of, of using it on an ongoing basis? Yeah, actually, it's probably more towards the latter. Um, we see we're very fortunate to have become essentially the funding arm of so many e-commerce sellers across across platforms because once they start using it and they see that we can really solve for that um, that really annoying <laughs> cash flow crunch, we call it, of having to pay for goods months in advance of mm. seeing any revenue from it and helping them constantly just not, not feel it at all because they're never remitting for things that they're not selling. Uh, it becomes just a very effective tool for them to keep growing and keep executing ever-growing um, ever growing lines without ever sort of jeopardizing their own, um, <clears throat> their own growth and their own cash flow. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So I should have asked this uh, so earlier on the funding thing, but in terms of timelines, a typical timeline of repaying a certain line of credit, what would you generally look to have it all paid off by? Yeah, so um, they're not lines of credit. I understand the confusion because we call them lines, <laughs> but they're um, batch of, batches of inventory supply chain, and the remittance part is separate from the crediting part. So really, mm-hmm. those schedules operate on a completely on just two completely different timelines. So you're looking at let's say an overall plan level, which we said is like a year's worth of planning. You're looking at um, that as the general sort of time frame for repaying, or let's say nine months out of that, out of that twelve months, you're remitting back to eight fig. Um, but what's important to remember there is that you have flexibility, right? You have total control of uh, what's going on, and you can constantly request from eight fig to adjust up or down. <clears throat> especially when it comes to remittances, which are meant to be aligned with your sales pace, mm-hmm. predicted sales pace, and then actual sales pace once they actually start selling. So at that point, really, you know, the, the timeline, again, branches out even more separately from the crediting part. Yeah, good. Okay. Good. Um, is there anything that, you know, I haven't asked that you feel would be you know, valuable for the audience to know about the topics we've talked about? 
Um, I think if I could make one recommendation, we're sitting here in our cushy chairs on June, uh, middle of June, 2022. Q4 is the farthest uh, yeah. from anyone's mind. Everyone's maybe <laughs> thinking about more things like uh, Prime Day and uh, yeah. Father's Day coming up next week. So I urge sellers listening, think about Q4. Those orders, um, those lines from your manufacturers need to probably be already in motion. Um, and if not, let's uh, get them in motion. The supply chain disruptions that we experienced last year are by no means gone, unfortunately, but we can handle them. And then also, I know that there's been a lot of talk about uh, e-commerce demand and not, not being really sure of where that's going, especially for this upcoming Q4. I would urge um, a conservative stance there and to ensure that you are well-stocked because you don't want to be understocked mm. for what's coming. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Sage advice. I like it. That's good. Uh, if people want to find out more about 8Fig and the services you offer and uh, explore the options, where is the best place to find you? The best place to find us is, of course, 8fig.co. That is our website. You can also make an account um, and start playing around with the tool, uh, apply for funding, or if you want to just use us for the planning and the analytics, that's perfectly fine, too. We hope that we can be of added value there. Uh, additional places you could find us are Twitter, Instagram, 8fig.co. Um, we'd, we'd love to talk. We'd love to get to know you. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll leave all the links, obviously, in the show notes, in the description on YouTube and everything. Uh, Dana, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Ben. Bin. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to call you Dana but as a joke, but I thought maybe you wouldn't get it. So D Dana, sorry. Um, I would have gotten uh, it. The bad, <laughs> the bad intro. I do apologize, but thank you for your grace uh, with me. <laughs> Awesome, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for joining us on the show today. If uh, you do want to check out 8Fig, I encourage you. Uh, like I say, we've got you know uh, community-backed endorsements of this great company, and so uh, definitely do check them out. And uh, whilst you are surfing the web, do leave us a review for the podcast. We really appreciate your support on the show, and we'll see you in the, the next episode next week.